Good. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, the message today uh, is about perception. And I think perception is so very important. But before we dive into that, try to get a laugh out of you. So a preacher friend of mine was speaking with a woman from his congregation. As he sits on the couch talking to her, he noticed a large bowl of peanuts on the coffee table. He asked the woman, he said, do you mind if I have a few? She said, not at all. As they chatted for almost an hour, the preacher stands to leave, and he realizes that he ate almost all the peanuts. He said, I'm sorry, ma'am, I really didn't mean to eat that many, I only meant to eat a few. She said, oh, that's okay. Ever since I lost my teeth, all I could do is suck the chocolate off of it. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. I got to laugh, good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so as we've been going through this series uh, about transforming our minds, the Holy Spirit spoke to me that he changes our perception. So let me explain to you how perception has changed me. When I was 16 years old, as all of us do, I learned how to drive a car. As I was driving that car, I was doing something else as well. I was learning how to fly an airplane. When I was flying the airplane, I noticed when I was going down the runway, it's like driving a car. Everything looks exactly the same. However, once I started to take off, guess what? My perception changed. Nothing changed. The only thing changed was my location or my altitude. So the higher I got in this little plane, how much different everything looked. Nothing changed. It just looked different. My perception of things were different. I learned that I couldn't navigate by street signs anymore. The higher you go, you can't even navigate by your eyesight. I noticed in the, in the small plane, when I got up to about 3,000 feet, I could still fly with landmarks. You could see things out over the distance. For, for instance, when I flew in this area, I could see town center. So I'd fly from Suffolk and look for the town center buildings. Or Top Golf, you can even see that too, you know, the big nets. So I'd fly by that, and you can put your wing on it, and you can fly around a landmark, because you can see it. But a few months ago, I was on a business trip, business trip going up to Boston. And on a commercial airliner at 40,000 feet, guess what you can see? Nothing. If it's a clear day, you can see colors on the ground. If it's a cloudy day, all you see is clouds. How does that relate to us? The higher God takes us, the less we can see. The higher God takes us, the less we can see. Can you relate to that? Up at 40,000 feet, the pilot is doing nothing but holding on, honestly. As a passenger, you don't want to think that. You want to have faith in the plane and in the pilot, right? But the pilot's just holding on. Relying on his instruments. Not only his instruments. He was relying on a small voice. Telling him where to go. Isn't that how God does? We're up at 40,000 feet when he gives us our purpose and our call. Sometimes we have no idea where we're going. And that air controller is not always talking to us. So sometimes we just got to 
hold on. And listen for the small voice. And if you notice, the air controller doesn't say anything to you unless either A, you need to change course, or B, there's danger. Isn't that how God works? That's what he's showing me through the Spirit. It's perception. Our perception is so very important. How we view things, how we see things. If we look at the definition of perception, it's a way of regarding, understanding, seeing, based on a truth. Notice I didn't say based on the truth, based on a truth. Do you see that in there, Thomas? Why do you think I don't say the truth? You're exactly right. But in the world today, truth is different. And I'm going to prove that to you. If if you were to look up the word truth in an 1828 Webster's Dictionary, it says, reference scripture. John 17, 17. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. In 1828, scripture was in the dictionary. Fast forward to 2017. If you're to look up the word truth in the dictionary today, it says it's an idea that is accepted as truth. In other words, the truth is whatever you want it to be. So if we don't have a basis for truth, How are we seeing? With that being said, when I look around, everybody has a different perception now. Everyone has a different truth. You can look at something, and I can look at something, and we can see two totally different things. Based on truth. Because whether we know it or not, what we look at, we're basing it upon our truth. When we look at things, we're basing it upon our truth. So our vision follows our truth. Our decisions follow our truth. What we see follows our truth. So now I'm going to ask you something. What's your truth? Are you going to tell me God's word's your truth? But the only time you look at it is for an hour? One time? Seven days a week? Are you going to tell me that your version of truth is all that you're getting from me until next Sunday when you get it from somebody else? Or are you in the truth yourself? What are you basing your truth off of? That's deep. That hits home. That hits your heart. So perception. What I've found is there's two types of perception. Two ways you can see things. We can see things from a godly perspective, or we can see things from a worldly perspective. Are we seeing things from the world's version of truth, or are we seeing things from God's version of truth, which is the truth? When I think of worldly perception or worldly view, I think of a lens. I think of a lens. We're looking through a lens of lies. Because if it's not God's word, it's a lie. 
regardless of what the, the, the dictionary says is truth, it's not a truth. It's a lie. The devil is very good at getting us to change our lens. Right? He's very good at getting us to change our lens and start believing lies. Not only about the world, but about us. Because this doesn't just go out. If there's a mirror, guess what? It goes back in. So let me ask you this. If you were to go to an eye doctor with this same theology, right? And the eye doctor says, I think, I think these are the glasses you need. I think they are. That's true now, right? We're making that truth. Because I think these are the glasses you need. Right? Would you put them on? You'd trust them, right? So we, do we trust the world? So we put these glasses on, right? What does it look like when we have a lens of lies? When we put this lens on, things come out of our mouth like, my wife always yells at me. Because when we're driving, I always run into things. And I'm running into things, she's saying that because she's me. When I have this lens on, I can't see that book. It's not very clear. It's the book's fault. But never mind the fact that you got the wrong lens on. We got the wrong lens on. Right? So the lens of lives is destructive. God's word says the Bible comes to, the, 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 Satan comes to steal and destroy. When you have this lens on, you're being robbed. You're being robbed of the truth. When you have this lens on, you're being deceived into what the devil says you are, to what the world says you are. With, with this lens on, guess what you become with, the, with the, the lens of lies? The Bible says, not me, not Tom, the Bible. <clears throat> In uh, Philippians 3.19, or excuse me, I'm sorry. In James 4.4, it says, You adulterous people, do you know that friendship with the world means enemy against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. So do you ever wonder why when you walk around, people, people don't know if you're a Christian? You have to tell them. I go to church on Sundays. Right? I read my Bible. Why do we have to tell people that? They see our lens. We're living a lie. I can stop right there. I'm sorry, I didn't take my medication today, by the way, so forgive me. You may not come, this may be your last Sunday. But that's the lens of lies. Mm. I could camp right there. So now let's talk about the other lens. The lens of transformation. Because sometimes we come into church with the lens of lies, but God wants to transform it. He wants to renew it. 
He doesn't want to say, I think this is the lens that you need. He's telling you, this is the lens that you need. He's the eye doctor giving you the right prescription. This lens you can take. This is the lens of truth. This is the lens of love. Because truth equates to love. That's good. That's good. That's good preaching right there. So what does a lens of truth or a lens of love look like? I'm going to tell you. If we look at 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 through 7, it says love is patient. The lens of truth is patient. What does patience look like? What does patience not look like? Patience doesn't look like when I'm trying to load a game on my iPad and a little circle comes up. I get mad because it takes 20 seconds instead of 10. That's a lie. Patience. When I'm sitting in traffic, I can look through a lie and get upset, or I can look through the truth and be patient. I can look and see how God sees it. These people are souls. I have you in this traffic to show you how many people you can reach. But we look through the lie. Love is kind. Truth is kind. What does kind look like? By a show of hands, who has kids? So most of us have kids. When your kid was learning how to walk, and they stumbled once, did you look at your kid and say, stand up? We don't do that in our house. We don't fall in our house. We walk. No. So why do we do that in God's house? We have to be kind. Okay. Get up, Timmy. That was two good steps. Good job. Stand up. And if you notice, you always go down and what? Pick him up. That's what he wants us to do with each other. Pick each other up. Don't kick us when we're down. Amen? Amen. It does not boast. The truth doesn't boast. Remember how I said, hey, I go to church on Sunday. That's boasting. Hey, I read my Bible. Hey, I pray. That's boasting. Love doesn't boast. You know why? When you have the lens of truth, you don't have to. Because when you have the lens of truth, who do you represent? You represent God and His Son, Jesus Christ. When you have that lens on, you're a direct reflection of Him. Like the light is on my head right now. Okay, I got two laughs. When you have the lens of truth, God fights your battles. God exalts you. He lifts up the humble and the meek. What's he do to the, the, the prideful? He humbles them. With the lens of lies, 
God's going to humble you. You're going to run into some things. Sometimes we think we're in a season when we're not in a season at all. We're in a cycle. What does that cycle look like? Okay, I'm in church today. I've got the lens of truth on. As soon as we step outside, you, you guys watch uh, Fred Sanford, Sanford and Son? You remember when he had the drawer glasses? He opened up the drawer and he's, he's shuffling the glasses around. We do that. When we're in a cycle, we open up the drawer, put the lens of truth in, put the lens of lies on. It's a cycle. We think it's a season. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's a matter of what lens you're looking through, what perception you have. If you think you're in a storm, make sure you got the right lens. Because it could be a blessing. It could be a blessing. Sometimes we look at things and get depressed when God's trying to tell us, you should get excited. I'm building your character. I'm focusing your lens. I'm teaching you. I'm showing you. I'm leading you. Don't get depressed. Get happy. Get glad. Have joy. Oh, here. Forgive me, Lord. It is not easily angered. Mm. Do I need to take a moment of self-reflection? Remember the traffic we were talking about? (laughs) Hey, I'm guilty. I got to confess something. When we're doing when the when the lanes merge down from three lanes to two, why do people wait till the very last minute to merge over? (laughs) And then they give you the international peace sign when you don't let them in. And I'm thinking you you have Virginia plates, so you know that this lane ends. (laughs) Forgive me. I didn't take my medicine this morning. I already told you that. It's not easily angered. You have to look through the right lens. But it's not easy. It's not easy at all. You know when you put on a new pair of glasses, the doctor says it takes a little while to get used to them. When you put these glasses on, you may get headaches for a few days. But that doesn't mean they're the wrong prescription. It just means you have to get used to the different lens. The world is so used to having the lens of lies, it doesn't know what the lens of truth looks like. The world needs the church more now than ever. The world needs to see our lens more now than ever. Nothing's going to change at the voting ballot. Nothing. There's only one way things change. That's through Jesus Christ. He is the only person that can change your lens. I can sit here and talk about it all day long. I can't do anything about it. Because sometimes, in all honesty, my lens ain't great.
The lens of truth always trusts. How much trust do we see in the world today? Not at all. No trust. Oh, you go to church? Guess what? That's going to make that person trust you even less. We laugh. But that's truth. And here's the big one. This is what the world needs out of the lens of truth. More than anything is hope. The world needs hope. The lens of lies tells people there's no hope. The devil tells you you're never going to get the different lens. You don't deserve it. God doesn't love you. You've made too many mistakes. He takes your hope. If you have no hope, it's like walking around with your eyes closed. There is no lens. You lost your hope. But that lens of truth gives you hope. If I could get the piano... Instead of having the perception, I'm going to wait for everything to change before I do. Let's have the perception, I'm going to change the way I look at things. Because when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Our eyes are meant to see with. Not through. Did you catch that? Your eyes are meant to see with. Not through. A lot of times there's a denial on what lens we're using. We come into church thinking we have the lens of truth, but we don't. We think we have the lens of truth because it's so blurry. There's so much confusion. We really don't know. There's doubt. Part of transforming your perspective is not just changing and adding, but removing and replacing. I'll say that again. Transforming is not changing and adding. It's removing and replacing. So I'm going to ask you, what is your perspective? Be honest with yourself. What's your perspective? What lens are you looking through? Ask yourself, do I make decisions with prayer and seeking God? Or do I make decisions based on lies? Do I place God as the truth and the judge? Or am I the judge? Do I get in the way of God? Or am I in the will of God? So how do you change your perspective? First thing you got to do is you got to know the truth. In John 14, 6, it says, I am the way and the truth and the life. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. That's Jesus. He is the truth. The next thing you need to do is you need to know who you are. I think a lot of us don't know who we are. We don't realize who we are in Christ. We don't realize the power that we have. Just because you're reading the Bible that people were raised from the dead, that Holy Spirit didn't change. Lazarus wasn't the last person to be raised from the dead. But why aren't we hearing about it? Why aren't we hearing these things? I saw on the internet that a lady was was raised from near death at a Sam's Club. She started foaming at the mouth, and right before you pass, she used the bathroom. She used the bathroom in in those little electric carts. She was dying. They prayed for her, and the moment they said, in Jesus' name. She stood up, praising. She stood up praising. When you have the lens of truth, we're meant to change the world. We don't view the world, we change it. Jesus said, we're going to change the world. We're not going to be part of it, we're going to change it. I'm looking at world changers, every one of you. Your purpose isn't for you. Your lens isn't for you. Your spiritual gifts aren't for you. It's for everybody outside of these walls that's not sitting in here right now. You're not here for you. The next thing you've got to do is you've got to fix your focus. In Philippians 4.8 it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, there's that true again. Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I've got to share a story. I, I kind of got off track, kind of lost my focus. Uh, back in August of last year, uh, my father had an accident. And a, a pipe actually fell on his head. And I got that call that no child wants to get. Your dad's in the hospital. And it doesn't look good. Now I'm from North Carolina, Charlotte. Charlotte area. So it's about a five hour drive. And right before I left, we sat in the living room and prayed. And I said, God, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what's going to happen. But I trust you. I trust you. Trusting God is not easy. It's easy to say I trust God when the bills are paid, the lights are on, your kids are healthy, you get a good report from the doctor. It's easy to say I trust you, God. It's easy to have the right lens at that point. But what happens when your world is falling apart? What happens when you don't see God? But I still remember I I prayed, God, I trust you. And that was probably the hardest prayer I've ever prayed. That's honest. That's the honest truth. That was a very hard prayer. 
So I went down to North Carolina. And I prayed for my dad. Laid hands on him. Read scripture. I've prayed for people and cancer has been healed. I believe the Holy Spirit can raise the dead. I believe the Holy Spirit can heal people. But my dad died. God, did I have the right lens? What did I do wrong? Did I not say the right prayer? Did I not do the right thing? Forgive me? So I have to tell you, at that point I had had questions, I had doubts. I wasn't sure. I know they say you're not supposed to be mad at God, you're not supposed to yell at God, but I was. Absolutely. I was mad. Why did I pray for my dad and he didn't die? Your word says. So it was a very tough time. And uh, there's a good outcome to this. As I was driving down the day that we were to pull my dad off life support, we had made the decision. Go ahead. We can turn the machine off. Bojangles. My dad loved Bojangles. So I pulled into Bojangles, and right in front of the car was this rock. This rock says love. Sometimes when God shows you something, you don't even really realize what it is. I just thought, oh man, that's a pretty rock. Stick in the back seat. Cool. But God is love. The moment my dad passed away, I went in the bathroom in that emergency room because I didn't want to see anybody see me break down. And I lost it. I hit my knees. I said, God, why? He's a good man. And the moment I hit my knees, I felt God so strong, I've never felt him like that in my whole life. I hit my knees with all my weakness. And I just felt his strength. I felt his love. And he picked me up. He picked me up off that bathroom floor. And he said, I love you. I love your dad. He's with me. Don't be sad. And I turned around. I turned around in the bathroom stall. And engraved on that stall was a cross. Oh, wait, wait, don't say wow yet. God likes to show off a little bit. Engraved in that cross was the word love. That is how I got my lens. I had to go through being blind to get my lens. So don't look at whatever storm you're going through as a as a bad thing. He's just tweaking your lens. If I can ask everybody to stand.
with all heads bowed and eyes closed. If your life were to end at this very moment, what lens do you have on? What lens are you accepting? What lies are you accepting? What storm are you going through that you think is trying to take your vision, but it's God trying to give it to you? Examine your heart. The Holy Spirit's purpose in giving me this message wasn't for me to come up here and say, look at Tom. It was for him to say, change your perspective and look at me. With every head bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask you, do you know Jesus Christ? Not know of him. Not heard of him. Do you know him? Does he know you? If you want to accept Jesus Christ and to change your perspective, just give me a little wave in your hand and we'll all pray and agree with you that your perspective is going to change. Your heart is going to change. Or, if you're like Fred Sanford, and you got that drawer full of glasses, you just shuffle through from time to time. You shuffle through that glass, right? You, 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 you pick out whatever, whatever you get. And you want to say, God, empty that drawer. Throw all those glasses away and give me yours. Renew my vision, God. Restore my vision. Restore means I once had it, but I want it again. If that's you, give me a little wave. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Heavenly Father, I just want to pray for everyone that raised their hand. Lord, that they came in here with open hearts and your Holy Spirit spoke to them. So, Lord, I stand up here on your truth, on your word, honoring you. Lord, I ask that you renew their vision, restore their vision. Lord, empty that drawer full of different glasses, Father. Cleanse that drawer. And give them the one true pair. Cleanse their heart of the worldly truths. And give them your truth. By raising their hands, Lord, they say, here I am. I want to be changed. I can't do it on my own. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. But you are. Change me, Lord. And Lord, I declare that from this moment on, Father. That their vision is healed, restored. Bondages are broken, Lord. Sin is forgiven, Lord. Doubt has turned into truth. 
fear has turned into faith. And they will leave this place, Lord, not in fear. They're going to leave this place, Lord, not blind. But they're going to leave here with vision, in victory, in faith. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of my Lord and Savior, and our Lord and Savior, I pray. Jesus Christ. Amen.